Welcome to the Cold Brew Podcast. I'm Dave Gasper, joined, as always, by Matt Carroll. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about today. My God, so much happening over the past week. Uh, William Contreras is a brewer, part of a three-team mega trade. The saw Asteria Ruiz sent out. Three players come in. Oh, my God. What a heist. There's so much to talk about there. Things are actually getting exciting. It seems Matt Arnold was an absolute genius, and then he makes another move. Matt Arnold, moving Matt Arnold. He is moving and shaking and making trades all over the place, and he made another trade here on Wednesday, bringing home Wisconsin native Owen Miller. We'll be talking about that here. Uh, but we have to talk about the subsequent move uh, that followed acquiring Owen Miller, and that is the unfortunate uh, designation for assignment for Mario Feliciano and my co-host Matt Carroll, this is this is one of your darkest days. Um, I, I know you probably curled up in, into the fetal position uh, after you heard the news. It was bad. I I'm going to give you the floor here to to talk <laughs> about everything. I, I'm going to set some some background music. Spend all your time waiting. This is Sarah McLachlan, in case you couldn't tell. Oh, wait, this is a video. <laughs> what Mario, we had together, but it was an important time that we had together. I wish you well in your future. I just wish that your time with the Brewers could have been longer. Good night, sweet prince. I'll see you in another life. Uh, he hasn't been claimed on waivers yet, though. No, this is true. I, I actually wouldn't be surprised at all if he ends up clearing waivers, outrighted, and then at some point, uh, Caratini ends up getting DFA'd or something, gets added back. I don't know. But now he moves along. <laughs> in the arms of an angel. It's flying away. Mario, you you sweet sweet angel, you. Uh, it's like those ASPCA commercials. <laughs> right, adopt. That's, that's would, the music I'm playing. Would any of you 29 teams like to adopt a Mario Feliciano for the low low price of the veteran minimum in the MLB? In MLB, ah, oh, said the MLB. You, you can have Mario Feliciano and rescue this poor catcher who had to leave the Milwaukee Brewers organization because of William Contreras entering. Matt Arnold has decided to designate Mario Feliciano for assignment, and now he needs to watch his back around staircases. (laughs) Uh, There might be a wild Matt Carroll lurking around the corner. Um, Yeah, that was... uh, Because... the group chat, so, like, we saw the news come down. The, the trade came down you know, shortly before, like, 5 o'clock or so uh, here on Wednesday. Uh, we're recording a day early uh, because, you know, tomorrow night uh, there's a Badger basketball game that I have to be at. That's going to take up my entire night, so there's no way I'd be able to record. But um, so it comes down, and all of us in the group chat are reacting, and one person is noticeably absent, and that's you, Matt Carroll. And I knew, I know you were at work. And I know you weren't able to see it, but we're all like reacting, going through all this. And 
like still not hearing anything from you. It's like, oh God, is he just now checking his phone, or did he like legit have a heart attack and die? Like what? <laughs> what is happening? Um, and then finally, you re- you reacted with uh, uh, some colorful uh, language, and it's like, yep, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My phone was buzzing and buzzing and buzzing and buzzing away um, as I was in the middle of a meeting and didn't wasn't in a position where I could even check it. But I knew something must have happened. And of course, after we all went through the uh, William Contreras news and the you know constant notifications that came along with that, I'm thinking, did the Brewers make another trade? Did they make a did they finally sign a free agent? Did they like what did they do? And they did make a trade. But it was not one that I would be happy about. I mean, it will serve the Brewers well. But, you know, we get attached to certain players, and they don't necessarily have to be the best players. They're just players we like for, you know, any particular reason. I started liking him back in 2019 when he was an up-and-coming minor leaguer. Um, I know a little bit of that luster kind of wore off along the way based on some injuries and some things that happened. I still liked him. I wanted to, him to get a chance and do some things for the Brewers. And you know what? Maybe, maybe he does. Maybe he clears waivers, stays in the org, and something happens eventually. But uh, I have to imagine there might be another team that, you know, hey, they want a backup catcher. They want some depth or something, and he ends up leaving the organization right away. I don't know. But I liked the guy, and I'm sad to see him leave. Uh I don't know. Now I'm going to have to find someone else to hitch my wagon to. Um, we will actually, there's actually one of the pitchers that came back in the William Contreras came with him in that deal. Um, I'm already starting to like, so that might be my next guy. We'll Jaeger? We'll, Justin Jaeger? That's, that's my Speaking boy. Speaking of we'll Jaeger, uh, did you have to have a shot of Jaeger after uh, hearing this news? I'm, I'm sure you've had to have something strong. I, the, the, well, I'm just now getting to my, practice open there we go um distill brewery it is a grateful dead themed uh beer deadhead easy haze this is that sounds in, fitting for the moment it, yeah exactly uh down in illinois brewery down there um so that's what i'm gonna do is have a strong ipa and uh pour one out from a boy mario and cry so yourself long. to sleep tonight and cry myself to sleep tonight that's true <laughs> Poor Liz. All right. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. So that was in response to the trade uh, for Mequon native Owen Miller, who comes over from the uh, Cleveland Guardians. He has spent uh, parts of the last two years at the big league level, played in 130 games last year, played all over the infield. His numbers improved from 2021 to 2022. Uh, that doesn't mean they were great. Uh, you know, he had 243 um, on base percentage, just over 300. Um, not much for power. Um, he, he improved his strikeout rate, which was good. Uh, 26 doubles. Uh, so he's got some gap power. Doesn't really have over-the-fence power. Uh, so that's interesting. Uh, he does have, um, you know, some some speed uh, as well, uh, which is great. Is pretty solid defender all across the board. Uh, 91st percentile and outs above average I saw on baseball savant. So you get a guy who's versatile. You get a guy who's, who's got some speed. You got a guy who has, has some gap power, um, utility infielder type guy. And Matt, 
Uh, my first thought was he helped replace Jace Peterson, who left to sign a two-year deal with Oakland. Yeah, yet another uh, replacement for Jace Peterson there. Um, we had Abraham Toro come in in the Jesse Winker trade. Um, he'll obviously add to that kind of middle infield mix. Now you get um, Miller, who uh, can play, looks like, everywhere on the infield except for shortstop. Um, he, Looking back kind of at Pipeline, as of 2021, he was the Guardians' 18th-ranked prospect. Um, so he did have some prospect status there for a little bit. Until um, he graduated, they had him at a 55 grade hit tool at that point, and then 50 grade run tool. Um, so as you mentioned, he has a little bit of speed there. Um, and yeah, uh, hit over power approach, though his strength gives him some pop to, to his pull side, could result in 12 to 15 homers on an annual basis, according to um, MLB Pipeline. So yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys that he brings you know, just some solid qualities as a middle infielder. And it looks like the Brewers are kind of trying to just stack up that depth there. Um, especially because you think back to last year and, you know, Jace Peterson ends up spending some time on the aisle late. Brasso ends up spending some time on the aisle before that. Um, Urias was on there at uh, times. Wong was on there at times. Um, infield took some hits, really, with the exception of um, Rowdy, <laughs> pretty much. Um mm-hmm. They they saw themselves a little strapped here and there, so it looks like they're really trying to kind of overcompensate and just build up that depth. Um, Miller, I believe, has options if I read yep. uh, correctly earlier. Um, so you know, so does Brasso stash. actually. What's that? So does Brasso actually? He has options. That's true. Um, so it gives the Brewers a whole lot of flexibility here. Um, in the infield to kind of get things sorted out and have a plan going into the season. It also could mean that some guys, you know, there could be some moves to be made. There could be some guys on the infield whose uh, positions are at risk. <laughs> Kesson Hira. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> you, you, you yeah. never know really what direction this could go. Um, but it's a good move by the Brewers. Solid depth um, and kind of, again, gives them a whole lot of options uh, heading into the spring uh, as to to figure out kind of what they're going to do there. Um, and yeah. have contingency plans for if guys get hurt. Yeah, and I mean, it, it didn't really cost you anything, a player to be named later or cash. You know, they, they didn't even announce who it was uh, at the moment. Um, so, you know, it's it's probably going to be something, you know, pretty small. Uh, he was just kind of, you know, out of the infield picture, I guess, over there in Cleveland. Um, but, yeah, I mean, looking at the infield picture now for Milwaukee, uh, the thing that I noticed, Owen Miller is, is a right-handed hitter. Mm-hmm. Mike Barrasso is a right-handed hitter. Mm-hmm. Keston Hira is a right-handed hitter. Uh, Luis Arias as well, a right-handed hitter. Yeah. All three of those guys um, are going to be bench infield. Uh, all four of them really are, are bench-ish infield options. Arias, I think, is still penciled in as a starter at third base. They could get an, try to get an upgrade there and move Arias to super utility. If they do, and even if they don't, I don't see any way that... Brasso, Miller, and Hira can coexist on the same roster. They're they're all bench infielders. They're all right-handed hitters. They're, there's no platoon option there. No one can platoon with Urias because they're all righties. Um, you know, like, like what are you going to end up going with there? I, there's just not enough room on the roster for for all of those guys to be backup infielders and be on it and have none of them be left-handed to to kind of fill a role. So. 
someone's got to be moving from this group. Like, yes, you know, Brasso and, and Miller have options remaining. I still don't think that's an ideal situation, sending, you know, any one of them, either one of them down um, just for their sake and and for the team, just, just kind of having um, going into the season with that kind of situation. I think someone's got to be moving, and I think it's got to be Keston. I mean, they, they like Brasso. He hits lefties well. Um, you know, here are they never used it in the right way. You know, I, I've thought for a while now that they should be trading him this offseason or trying to trade him this offseason. And, you know, I, I think with Miller now in the fold, and he's got first base experience. Like, like he can handle first base and be the backup at first base to Rowdy. Plus, you also have John Singleton. So you don't need Keston for first base. You sure don't need him for second. You don't need him for DH now with Jesse Winker and now William Contreras in the fold and Christian Yelich. You don't need him in left field because of all your freaking outfielders. There's no spot for Keston on this team. Right. And in speaking about Owen White as an infielder, he played a majority of his game last or games last season at first base. 80 games at first for the Guardians. That you know, just about half their games. Um, so that is where he slots in the best. Um, so being a right-handed hitter, you could platoon him with uh, Rowdy the same way you would platoon Hira, and he brings that positional versatility that you probably feel a little bit more comfortable with as opposed to Hira. Um, and he only uh, strikes out 19% of the time rather than 41. That, that's that is a definite difference. Right there. Um, you're a, yeah, he can play a couple other positions, but you're not going to throw him at second if you don't have to with all those other options. You're Like you said, you're not going to put him in the outfield with all those other options. It's for the most part, it's first or bust or DH, I guess, um, for Keston Hira. It, it, it could be a matter of they let everything work itself out in spring training, too. It may not necessarily mean that a trade is coming. They could just be, you know, building up all this talent, bring it to spring, and then if if White like wins out, like actually Miller. wins out that position. Miller, you you said Owen White. Oh, Owen Owen Miller. I I knew I was gonna do that too. Um, <laughs> Who is Owen White? Uh, isn't he the isn't he a pitcher for the Rangers or something? I don't know. I don't know. There's Something an Owen that. White that exists somewhere, and, and and I knew I was going to do that. I was actually thinking that earlier in this podcast. Like, Miller, Miller, Miller. I know I'm going to call him White. It's Miller that. time. Miller time. Oh, that's the way to remember it. Okay, Owen Miller. Um, yes. Yeah, it, it could be that they wait to see, you know, who wins out on a position in the spring, and then um, the person who doesn't win ends up, you know, moving on. That's if you can't find a trade partner. Of course, you would rather make a trade and get something in return for, you know, Keston Hira, if that's how the situation comes to be. Um, but the, you know, competition brings out the best in people. They could just, if they can't find that match, just uh, figure it out during the spring. They didn't seem to want to wait and see with Mario Feliciano and try to get, you know, trade for him. Oh, come on, man. Just immediate DFA. Uh, so mad about that. It's like, I mean, look, if you're going to move on from Mario because you got William Contreras, you know, then, okay, like, try to trade him for something, you know, like, right. see see what you can get instead of DFA. I mean, maybe they will. I mean, 
J.P. Fireisen was DFA'd by the Rays this past week, and they were able to trade him to the Dodgers uh, for for something. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's possible, but Mario also has a lot less big league experience than than right. Fireisen. And, yeah, that was going to be a topic uh, today, too, coming into this. Oh, they should try to trade for Fireisen. And then the Dodgers just kind of swooped in and took him. But, you know, so much for that. But let's – enough – Enough chit chat about about the stuff. We all know what you're here to 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 hear okay. about the William Contreras heist. Oh my God, that was the most insane. That felt like forever. Like yeah. the, the news of the trade broke like what quarter after two or yeah, something right. on Monday, mm-hmm. something like that. Like there was news. Okay, Sean Murphy is being traded to Atlanta. It's like. Okay, like this is going to be interesting. Uh, you know, th- there goes him off the market. And there was a, there was a report earlier in the day about um, from from talking Jake of John Boy Media of of all places, who's like, there's a three team trade happening, and it's the A's, the Braves, and the Brewers, and William Contreras is going to the Brewers, and it's just like, what? No, come on. Like, can, can we trust talking Jake? And then all of a sudden, Sean Murphy gets traded. All of a sudden, it's a three-team trade. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, the Brewers are the third team that's involved. And it's like, oh, my God. It's real. It's happening. And the amount of time it took from, from that first report, I mean, not even from, from talking Jake's report, but from Jeff Passan's report of the trade happening to getting the full details was probably a little over an hour. But, Matt, that felt like a freaking week. To everybody on Brewers Twitter. It did. And I was lucky that this for once happened on a day that I had off and then get announced while I was at work, which is what always seems like happens with the big. That's what's been happening to me all week. Yeah. For once, it wasn't this guy. Uh, So I'm (laughs) at home. I'm building, you know, some furniture and stuff. And all of a sudden, again, notification after notification from my phone. I take a look down. And I start to see that same stuff, the talking Jake starting to, you know, drop those little bits of rumors and us all kind of wondering if it's going to happen. I finish building the bed that I'm building. And that's when we hear about Sean Murphy. And then we hear about Contreras. And I'm going, OK, I'm going to take a little break from I got some more stuff to build. I'm going to take a little break and kind of follow this news. And then more and more starts coming out. And then we also find out that I'm the only one home to be able to write about it for the site. So I'm like, all right. Time to go downstairs, get prepared, and, you know, we should have the details of this trade soon and then can throw up an article about it. And, yeah, it felt like it took forever for that stuff to even just to get to the point of what the brewers were getting up, giving up, then who else they were getting, and then just anticipation of we can't just be giving up this one guy, can we? And we waited and waited and waited. And sure enough, one guy. One guy. Yeah, the the reports coming through. Uh, I'm just trying to pull up the the timeline here um, of of when all the trades were happening. So um, so we get the report from Jeff Passan. Sean Murphy has been traded to the Atlanta Braves at 2:13 p.m. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. And every, I, a lot of us had already seen the Talk and Jake report. So it's like, is this legit? Is this what's happening? Um, 
And then Ken Rosenthal confirms. And then Joel Sherman comes in and says Brewers are third team involved. That's at 2.33. So it's 20 minutes later that it's confirmed that the Brewers are involved. So that 20 minutes from when when we knew Sean Murphy got traded to when we knew the Brewers were involved was, it, it felt like forever. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff Passan confirms at the same time, part of a three-way trade. Uh, and then uh, David O'Brien of uh, covering Atlanta confirms William Contreras going to Brewers and Manny Pena, of all people, going to the A's at 241. So another eight minutes later, we find that out. Uh, friend of the podcast, Robert Murray, reports that Asteri Ruiz is going to the Oakland A's at 247. All right, so another another longer wait. So from when we find out the Brewers were involved to when we found out Ruiz was going was 14 minutes, 15 minutes-ish. Again, felt like forever. Mm-hmm. And then we didn't get uh, the official word from uh, Passan uh, or any of them until 3.11. So... Just there about there was a long time, and we were able to actually be the first to confirm and report that Esteri Ruiz was the only piece that the Brewers were trading. The, the full trade details came down a few minutes later, um, but that was after we were able to confirm and report Esteri Ruiz was the only piece the Brewers had traded away. Uh, you know, the port had already come through that William Contreras was coming, as well as the pitchers, Joel Piomps. From, from Oakland, and Justin Yeager, the minor leaguer from Atlanta. So three players coming to Milwaukee, one player heading out in Asteri Ruiz, who was probably an afterthought in the outfield picture for most fans. Um, you know, I know he was already on the 40-man roster. He got a little bit of playing time at the end of the season last year, not much, but he ended up really kind of being a, on the outside Looking in, just to begin with, just because he was new to the organization, Garrett Mitchell, Sal Freelich, Joey Weimer, all drafted and developed, so everyone already knew those guys and were excited for them. Ruiz came in as part of the Josh Hader trade, and he was only here for a few months. Very exciting player, stole a lot of bases, hits really well, but he ends up moving on out, and to turn him into... Those three players, amazing. Absolutely amazing. And, you know, there may have been some of us who were a little interested to see how Ruiz was going to do with the Brewers because, you know, he was on the 40-man, so there was a good chance he was going to start the season um, up on the squad on the opening day roster. Um, not uh, Definitely a non-zero chance. Um, but maybe some of why we wanted to see what he could do was because of that Josh Hader trade um, and hoping that at least some of that disappointment could be salvaged. But hey, now it got us three additional players, including our catcher for the next five years minimum, potentially. Um, so that all of a sudden now makes that Hader trade at least a little bit more worth it. Um, when it comes to back to Asterio Ruiz, though, when you compare him to some of the other young outfielders that Brewers fans are wanting to see in the near future, Garrett Mitchell, he's already been up, but you want to continue seeing what he can do. 
Um, Sal Freelich, not on the 40-man roster yet, but fans are hoping it will not be long into the 2023 season, if at all, um, before we get to see him. Joey Weimer, kind of a little bit behind those two, but as long as he shows that he kind of his turnaround in 2022 is back on track, then he might not be far behind. And then, of course, Jackson Churio, a little bit, you know, he's still going to start out in double A, but you've got him hot on everyone's heels. Of all of those players, Asturi Ruiz probably had the lowest ceiling. And it's pretty safe to say he had the lowest ceiling, considering he's hit speed at at best. He's not going to hit for power. He's not a great defender. Like, he doesn't give you a whole lot besides those two tools. So... Of course, yeah, he was kind of on the outside look. He was going to be on the outside looking in of that group eventually. So you just kind of move on from that now and get a guy in William Contreras who solves so many problems for the Brewers outside of the fact that just that position was one of need. Yeah, I mean, uh, for Ruiz... There, there's a solid chance he ends up as a fourth outfielder. Um, I think if he stayed in Milwaukee, I think that definitely would have been um, a very real possibility. In Oakland, he'll likely be able to get the run uh, to prove that, that he can be a starter uh, out there in center field, um, which is which is fine. Um, you know, and I, I hope he does well. Like I don't have any ill wishes towards towards the series Ruiz, but I think no matter what happens, um, unless Ruiz all of a sudden turns into the second coming of Ricky Henderson. Yeah. Um, I think the Brewers are going to be coming out ahead on this trade and will have absolutely no regrets at all. Um, just with, yeah, with what they're able to bring in. I mean, William Contreras, I mean, brought, yeah, everything that they needed. And, you know, he solidifies the catching position. He brings a legitimate bat that has power uh, and the ability to hit for average um, you know, draw walks like he's he's got everything that this offense needs and, you know, they can work with him defensively. Charlie Green, one of the best catching instructors in the entire game of baseball, um, works for the Brewers and he's going to he's going to be helping out Contreras and turning him into a stud on defense, just like he did for uh, Omar Narvaez these past couple of years. Now, as long as they can keep the bat up uh, with, you know, that'd be. It'd be perfect. You know, they weren't able to keep the bat up with Narvaez, which was part of the problem. Uh, but now they brought him in. And, yeah, it's it's phenomenal. It was a coup for the Brewers to be, to be able to even just getting Contreras for Ruiz, even mm-hmm. just only sending Ruiz to Oakland and getting Contreras from Atlanta was incredible. And... Like, not only were they able to do that and, like, not have to send anything to Atlanta as part of this, not only were they able to trade Ruiz for Contreras, but they also got two more pitchers on top of it. <laughs> like, they didn't have, they didn't even have to give up anyone else to get two more of those pitchers. Like, they traded Ruiz, and Contreras wasn't enough, and they had to get two more pitchers back, which was insane to me that they were able to pull that off. The audacity and boldness of Matt Arnold to ask for that and to be able to get it uh, is is incredible. And I, I will take a tiny sliver of credit <laughs> because the day before I wrote an article right there on reviewingthebrew.com that Matt Arnold needs to be bold and aggressive in his first offseason as GM. You know, the, the fans were feeling apathetic. 
you know, they're not excited about this team. They're not excited about, you know, about this offseason so far. He needs to make a move, something big, something bold. You know, it didn't have to be right away. But, you know, I, but I was talking about the catching market in the article. I'm just like, you have to get your guy at catcher. Like, I don't care who it is. I don't care whether it's Murphy, whether it's Danny Jansen, whether it's Christian Vasquez, whether it's somebody else. I don't care who your guy is. Identify him and get him. Don't wait around. So I was kind of, you know, urging, you know, I wanted a little bit of urgency. And Matt Arnold, the next day, comes back. He's like, all right, William Contreras is my guy. I've made the trade. I have added nothing. I didn't have to, you know, spend a whole bunch of money on a free agent contract. I got to do cheap pre-arbitration and an all-star. And all I gave up was Esteri Ruiz, who wasn't factoring into the plans for the future anyways. And I got two more pitchers on top of it. I mean, that was that was better than any trade I could have imagined. Because, yeah, looking at this, we're all just like, there's no way the Brewers only gave up that much. And, like, this is too lopsided and too good for the Brewers. But it's real. It happened. And major credit to Matt Arnold for getting that done. Absolutely. You, I, like, for some, in my head, I picture the GMs of the A's and Braves going, all right, okay, good day, good trading, everyone. And then seeing the total breakdown of the trade between the three teams and being like, hey, wait a second. Hey, Hey, how did the Brewers do that? Like, <laughs> like they didn't, like they just didn't realize that the Brewers never ended up giving up much of anything in this trade. I, I'm sure, I'm sure it didn't exactly go down that way, but in my head, that's how it went. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, well, what was funny was, you know, everyone knows the the baseballtradevalues.com website. Ah, uh, yeah. And the trade simulator that they have. Someone put in that exact trade to the trade simulator. And the trade simulator came back with a reality check being like, come on, this is too lopsided. No way. <laughs> like, and it was able to happen. I mean, the, the I, I think what was key for this was the Braves were looking at such an upgrade with Sean Murphy. Just because just Murphy is better defensively, you know, he brings a really solid package offensively. I, I think him and Contreras really are fairly similar-ish offensively. Uh, I think there's a little bit more power with Contreras, but uh, Murphy brings a whole lot more defensively mm-hmm. at the moment. So it's like, okay, we're getting a major upgrade here. And because we're doing that, we have to ship off William Contreras somewhere. Um, and from, from what Ken Rosenthal wrote about it, Oakland wanted position players. They, they wanted two major league ready position players for Sean Murphy. And, Atlanta didn't really have that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, most of their guys are already locked up on extensions. They weren't willing to trade. They weren't willing to trade Sean or, or uh, Vaughn Grissom, who is right. their young shortstop prospect, who's going to be ready to take over if Dansby Swanson leaves in free agency. He's still out there on the market, but he's out there. They're not trading him. They were thinking of trading Contreras to Oakland as part of it, but Oakland's like, we're moving Murphy so we can clear room for Langoliers. Mm-hmm. who we just got from Atlanta last year from Ed Olson. So they're just like, it doesn't make any sense for us to go after Contreras. So they're like, well, what do we do now? Like there was a report a couple of weeks ago about, you know, Atlanta being close to making this trade. And then all of a sudden it didn't happen. It, it had stalled out. But then the Brewers 
Matt Arnold just swoops in and he's like, hey, guys, I'll, I'll solve your problem for you. I will give you Atlanta, the position player you would like. I will, I will give you a Stereo Ruiz. He can be your next Ricky Henderson. And Atlanta, I will take William Contreras off your hands. And they both looked at each other. They're like, all right, cool. And they made the deal. And, and for his effort, for helping them finish out this stall deal, both sides gave gave Matt Arnold a reliever along with just because they were so appreciative of his effort. I think that's how it ended up going down. Matt Arnold just kind of swooped in and be like, guys, I'll help you out. I'll solve your problems. I'll take this problem off your hands, and I'll take that problem off your hands. I'll give you this. You give me that. Now we're Now you guys are all square, and Matt Arnold comes out holding a big old bag of money, essentially. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, and he has all that money to pay his catcher the league minimum now. That is one of the best parts about all of this. Is And he has all that money now to extend Corbin Burns to a lifetime contract extension. Please do. Please start signing some extensions here. Uh, you've got the money. But, I mean, we've talked about all these different, you know, catching options from Sean Murphy to Christian Vasquez to, you know, some of these other guys, those couple were good. They were going to cost money. Like even some of the other free agent market uh, uh, catchers out on the market, like Mike Zanino, um, I'm sure he's making at least a few million dollars. You know? I think he got six from Cleveland. Yeah. that's Which is nuts. Like I, I, he has his moments, but my God. Um, yeah. He, he's a defense first guy, essentially. It's like, I don't want the Bruce to be battling for a guy like Mike Zanino, you know, paying right. five, six million for a guy like that. Who's not going to be an upgrade offensively. And it's like, you know, don't battle for that. Like, go get your guy. Like, even if it is expensive, such as, you know, a Sean Murphy or, or whoever, but Matt Arnold somehow got the guy with the most club control, the lowest amount of salary cost and paid the lowest possible prospect price. Like if he wanted to get Murphy with three years of control and already in arbitration, it would have cost him a whole lot more in terms of prospects. Like, yes, he would have, he would have traded, traded a Steri Ruiz, but also other guys on top of it. And he didn't even have to do that. He said to trade a Steri Ruiz and he got William Contreras, who is younger, who is cheaper and has more years of long of team control. Like it's a win, win, win. Yeah. Insane. Even if they would have gone the, like the Danny Jansen route, uh, with Toronto, like he was due almost four million in arbitration. Like there were very, very, very few options out there where the Brewers could have brought in a catcher who is not only uber talented but insanely cheap, and that is exactly what they ended up getting. It is so perfect because they upgrade that position and they have money to spend elsewhere. We've talked at length about all the different guys who are going to get their arbitration. Uh, eligible raises here. So money's going to have to go towards that. We want money to go towards uh, extensions. And now you don't have to worry about how much of that you're also going to have to set aside for a catcher because you get a guy at the league minimum who is an all-star, who has an on-base, had an on-base percentage of 354 last year, who had 20 homers in only 97 games, um, He who mashes lefties by the way, the Brewers have struggled against lefties for the last couple of years, and you have a guy who just torched them last year. OPS over a thousand, I believe. Like, it, 
what is not to love? What is not to love about this entire situation? Nothing. Nothing's not. Nothing. No, it's 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 perfect. I mean, like like you couldn't ask for for anything better. Um, you know, yeah, even with all the options, and it's so Brewers to get someone that no one was thinking of. Like we were all thinking of, you know, Sean Murphy and Danny Jansen and Christian Vasquez and all the names circulated by everybody and. You know, even even Ken Rosenthal is like, look, if any Atlanta catcher is going to be on the move, it's likely going to be Manny Pena. And then all of a sudden, William Contreras. Like, like no one was thinking William Contreras to the Brewers, not until talking Jake, you know, put it out there that uh, that that's what was happening. Did anyone even think to make that kind of connection? So it's so Brewers style of them because they always get the guys that no one has them connected to, that no one is thinking of. It happens all the time. Like, mm-hmm. you never see them connected in rumors to anyone. You never heard them connected in, in the Sean Murphy trade talk specifically. Um, apparently, it all came together over the weekend, um, according to Ken Rosenthal, um, the, the kind of framework that they were dealing with. And, I mean, just just incredible. J- just a great move. They, they've basically redone the middle of their order uh, with – with um, Contreras and Jesse Winker as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got your catcher position set up. You got your DH position set up. Um, and it cost you very little, essentially, to to do it. And they they haven't done anything in free agency yet. They have spent pretty much $0 in free agency, depending on what you count for Blake Perkins. Um, okay. But they've spent nothing in free agency, but they've traded for Jesse Winker. They've traded for William Contreras. Uh, they've traded for a whole bunch of arms. Um, like they've done a whole lot of work without really even touching free agency at this point. Yeah, and I, I've already I, I saw that uh, list. I think it was Codify had put out the list of free agency spending by team, and the Brewers were all the way at the bottom by zero. I Blake Perkins. It's been a while since we've talked about him. He must be arbitration eligible then. I'm guessing, which is why we still show a zero because he doesn't have an official number for the year. Well, I mean, he doesn't he doesn't have any sort of minor league thing. Like, I mean, he, he was signed to a major league contract. Right. But um, he doesn't have any big league experience. Right. But but if he was signed to a major league contract, then the Brewers wouldn't have spent zero dollars unless he's arbitration eligible and they just don't have. Maybe that he was in millions. So it's like 750K or whatever. Oh, so they the just minimum is. counted it zero. Okay. Something like that. I, I just yeah. don't, it's been, again, we looked at Blake Perkins the day he was signed and we haven't really, not, I'm sure, unless a lot of you Blake Perkins stands are out there. Um, Why is he taking up a 40 man roster spot, but Mario Feliciano can't? Listen, okay. We're, <laughs> we're, we're moving past Mario Feliciano for now. No. You, you yeah. don't want me to play the Sarah McLaughlin again? No, nope. no, nope, we're done with that. Okay. I'm going to go adopt a Mario Feliciano. <laughs> um, anyway. Anyways. We're at. Not, 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 Trades and spending versus trades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I saw a lot of Brewers fans, you know, see that tweet and, you know, go straight to the Mark Adonazio is cheap uh, tweet section of the Internet, which, hey, I'm not going to blame anyone for thinking that first off. Um, but also, you, you've got to take the Brewers offseason into context. They have 
a, a ton of arbitration eligible guys that they have to I'm sure they have a number in their head of like this is the amount of money we are going to be targeting to add to our payroll just for those arbitration eligible raises. So you've got that. You've got they have made a bunch of trades now. Um you've got the Winker trade, you've got the uh Contreras trade, um and you've got the Renfro trade. So they've they've made some movements. They've been making moves during the off season. It just hasn't been in the form of free agency. That's not to say they won't still. Uh, you know, they could still add a uh, starting pitcher. They could still go get Brandon Drury, as everyone seems to want, which I, like, entertain the idea of less and less as we go on. I don't know why, because I was all about, I was all on the Brandon Drury bandwagon. Just the more I look into him, the less excited to that thought I get, which is surprising, because usually I, I go the other direction. Um, but they could go that route or a different third baseman or something. Not that there's a lot of free agents out there. They could still spend some free agent money. Um, but they've just gone after their offseason in different ways because they have to. That's the situation they're in. At the beginning of this run in like 2018, 2019, they were able to do more free agent spending because they didn't have a billion guys in, coming up on you know their arbitration years. That's just how the roster is now. And so they're in a kind of a position of something that they've never been in during the offseason, or at least no time recently. And that's kind of why things have uh, taken shape a little way differently uh, than we've seen in previous offseasons. Yeah. And I mean, like back then, I mean, you know, that was before they had Christian Yelich on a massive contract extension. You know, that that takes a big bite out of it as well. And honestly, I'd be fine if they make all their upgrades via trade. I mean, they do have uh, a whole bunch of depth, a whole bunch of capital that they can deal from uh, in order to make these trades. However, that is if they use that money to extend Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, and or Willie Damas. You know, like if if because so far they, they've dropped payroll. Their payroll is projected around 115, 116, 116 million. Uh, or so they were at 137 last year. So they're about 20 million below what they were. Uh, I still think they can go higher uh, above that. And I think they should be going higher above what their payroll was last year. Um, but if they're going to do that, and if they're going to have the room to do that, they may have to skip out on free agents mm-hmm. and just kind of use that money to sign guys like Burns and Woodruff and Adamas. Because those guys are not going to be cheap. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've seen the contracts for starting pitchers. Uh, we we have an article up uh, on the site, you know, about what an extension for Burns might look like. And spoiler alert, it's not cheap. Uh, yep. You are well into the 200 million category there. Um, so that's going to be expensive. The way shortstops are going, I mean, Carlos Correa just signed 13 years, 350 million dollars. He's only a year older than Willie Adamas. You know, I mean, Adamus isn't as good as Correa. You know, you, you got to give him that. But also, what's what, what's Adamus going to cost? I mean, the, the way these shortstops are going, Adamus is going to end up costing a lot. And you may have to go much longer on the years as well, given what these guys are getting. Yeah. Because otherwise, what? Adamus will reach the market at 29? And if he reaches a free agent market at 29, he could realistically get a 9, 10, 11 year contract. Mm-hmm. So would he accept a six year contract extension from the Brewers? Probably not. 
I mean, you might have to go eight, nine, ten years. Um, I don't know if they'd go ten, but you might have to go eight years on Willie Adamas. You might have to go six. You might have to go seven on Corbin Burns. Carlos Rodon is seeking a seven-year deal, and he's 30. Mm-hmm. Corbin Burns is going to reach free agency at 30. Could he get a seven-year deal? Why would he Why would he sign an extension for not seven years? So you got you to gotta save that money, but you also got to use that money. You know, so I would very much like at least one extension to be done prior to opening day. Yeah, it's by the way, it is insane the freaking hockey style contracts uh, that some of these shortstops are getting the double digit years. Uh, like that's again, like that's just stuff that's like been generally unheard of in baseball. Um, I just I I don't remember ever seeing anything like that like it. But um, hey, uh, when Steve Cohen is willing to uh, spend. Basically, one it feels like one dollar for every like person that lives in America. Um, yeah, that's where you start to get contracts like these. Um, anyway, the question that I kind of had, and I would be interested to see Brewers fans' thoughts on this. I feel like I know. We'll say we'll say this. I feel like I know how it should go. The answer to it should go, but I would still be interested to see the results. I'm going to ask you. If the Brewers were not to spend a single other dime in free agency, mm-hmm. but they were able to extend just one, any one of Adamas, Woodruff, and Burns, would you be good with that? Yeah, because they they need to extend at least one of those guys. Um, really, whichever one it is. Um, you know, obviously I, you, you know, my preference, uh, as to who they extend and, you know, but, but if they're able to extend any one of the three, um, I think it'd be great because I mean, first of all, I don't, I don't think a lot of people are, are expecting them to sign any of those three. I mean, keep in mind, going back to that William Contreras thing, because there was such a long time between when we knew the trade was happening to when we found out who all was moving. There were a lot of people concerned and a lot of unquantified rumors about Willie Adamas being involved in this trade and Willie Adamas being sent out to Atlanta, I believe. Because, like, look, you're getting, a you know, five years of control for an all-star catcher in William Contreras. you got to send out something. Mm-hmm. So everyone's like, oh, Willie Adamas. Um, you know, I, I think Brace, a lot of Brace fans thought Willie Adamas because Dansby's out there. You know, they need some help at shortstop. So get Willie back. But – that didn't happen, you know, and you, and you've had all these rumors all winter about Corbin Burns being potentially being moved or, or Willie Adamas or Brandon Woodruff, you know, potentially moving any of those guys. And it's just like, I want some of that to go to bed. And like, there are trades that, that they can still make to upgrade the roster at third base. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would really, I, I have not been shy about my love for Yandy Diaz. Out of Tampa Bay, if they could trade for him, um, if you could trade for Yandy Diaz at third base and you don't spend anything else in free agency, you get you, you sign any one of those three, preferably Burns, of course, to an extension. I'd say it's a damn good offseason, given what they've done so far with Winker uh, and Contreras 
Um, are already bringing in a bunch of bullpen arms. I mean, the, They'll probably sign a couple of free agent bullpen arms, just kind of adding to the mix. But you could still trade for a couple. Um, like, like there's still a couple out there that you could do. Um, same thing with with the starting pitching market if you want to go there. So I don't see them spending big on a free agent to begin with. So mm-hmm. if they're able to ex- extend one of those guys, I'd absolutely take it. Nice. I I think I would agree too. Um, and especially I did not throw any caveat in there that the Brewers couldn't still make trades. So yes, they would still have an avenue to be able to require, uh, acquire some people. Um, speaking of the bullpen, and we haven't even talked about the couple guys, the pitchers that the Brewers got in, we should probably mention them too. Um, but before we do that, I know bullpen needed to be a big focus uh, by the Brewers this offseason. And though they haven't brought in a lot of like big name bullpen guys i do feel like at this point they have now added a ton of names to the mix to where if they were to go forward with who they have now they may still add some you know some lesser names here and there if they were to go ahead with what they have now they might have a decent crop to pick from that could actually turn into someone so if we just go down the 40-man roster Real quick, um, and I'm going to keep out the starting pitchers. Uh, Matt Bush, Jake Cousins, Javi Guerra, let's say one of Hauser or Ashby or starts off in the uh, bullpen, let's say Hauser. as it is. One of them will be there, right? Um, uh, Trevor Kelly, uh, Tyson Miller, Hobie Milner, Piamps, Pagaro, Cam Robinson, Strezelecki, maybe Ethan Small. Justin Topa, Abner Uribe, Gus, Gus Varlin, Devin Williams, and that's it. I think that's 16 pitchers that I just rattled off that could all be in the bullpen mix. You've got yeah. a good chance that a good amount of those guys end up sticking at this point. Um, so the, I don't know. They, I, I wouldn't be, I guess, totally uh, upset if they – went forward with who they have right now. Cause if they add any pitchers to the roster, I mean, I wouldn't mind if they added someone and uh, shifted Trevor Kelly off the 40 man. Um, I just, why is Trevor Kelly still on the 40 man? Dude. I had him as one of my possible non-tenders. I get that he is pre-arb um, and costs virtually nothing, but also he just was not good. Last you know year. who else cost virtually nothing. Mario Feliciano. <laughs> Sorry, Damn it. I had to. Damn it. Anyway, um, so this, there's this, this is how I felt about Trevor Rosenthal's existence on the 40 man the entire year. Oh, like the fact that they never put him on the 60 day, even after he got re injured and they knew he was out for the rest of the year and they never put him on there to take him off the 40 man was appalling. And I was pissed the entire time. The fact that he was occupying a 40 man spot and that he yeah. occupied one. So Denelson Lamette couldn't, despite the fact that he was healthy. <sighs> I'm I'm almost upset as upset that they DFA'd Denelson Lamette and then kept Jake McGee around for a couple days only to see him DFA'd. But again, yeah. we're three we're days bringing later. Up, we're bringing up the past. We're we're looking to the future. Anyways, yes. Anyway, um, that's a good amount of bullpen arms. Um, I feel like at this point where the Brewers might be able to find a good mix, but. Why, why might that be a good mix? Let's talk about the two guys that came in here. Um, 
So Joel, Piamps, 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 Piamps to Baseball Reference. Oh, also it's Yoel. No, Yoel Piamps. Yeah. So we'll have to get uh, prepared for that. Anyway, Yoel, Le Yoel, Yo Adrian, Piamps, Piamps. <laughs> anyway, sorry everyone. Uh, he has been a bit of a journeyman. Four years, four different teams. Um, but has a career 3.35 ERA in 82 games. So um, that's not too shabby. Not necessarily a huge, huge strike thrower. Um, 6.7 strikeouts per nine. So it's not like he's blowing guys away. Um, whip of just under 1.3. Not too bad. ERA plus has been over 100 every year he's been in the league. Um, I believe 100 is league average, if I remember correctly. Um, so serviceable. I would absolutely say. Um, I don't know necessarily what his uh, – let's pull up his career splits real quick and see uh, where he's been primarily used as a reliever. Give me just a second here because the computer's being slow. Do, 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 do. Not batting. Do, 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 do. Play the Jeopardy music. Yeah. But, I mean, it's... Well, there yeah, it I think it's... Oh, uh, I got it. He's been a little bit all over. So, sixth, seventh, eighth inning kind of has been his rough bread and butter. Little Spread out a little bit evenly there. So, kind of late inning setup-ish for the most part. Um, yeah. So... Yeah. He could be... He, he, he should definitely be an improvement over some of the guys we had last year. Uh, like... Trevor Kelly and some other guys, uh, Chichi uh, Gonzalez. Yandel Gustave. Uh, Yandel Gustave. Uh, Miguel Sanchez had his moments, but, you know, was very average um, when you looked at the numbers. Um, he's an improvement on some of the guys that they've been using, um, as are some, kind of some of the other guys that they brought in. So, you know, he'll definitely be there in the mix um, as, yeah. just as much as anyone else. Yeah, and those roles will really kind of sort themselves out as they go through the season. I mean, you, you're going to have Devin Williams in the ninth. You're probably going to have Matt Bush in the seventh. Uh, but I mean, or, or Matt Bush in the eighth. Uh, but all the rest of those roles, the seventh inning guy, sixth inning guy, you know, who becomes the trusted relievers, that'll sort itself out, you know, between uh, the guys currently there, between Topa and Cousins, some of the new guys, you know, Jansen Junk, Gus Farland, Tyson Miller, uh, you know, Paguero, Robinson, um, you know, all these guys that, that they've got, you know, that it, it'll sort itself out as they go through the season and, and council finds his, his trusted relievers. So, you know, I'm not too worried about it. I'd like someone with, with a bit more closing experience, you know, late inning experience um, to be added. Um, you know, I think that would just kind of help to have back there, but you know, they, they've added a bunch of arms already. Uh, which has been great to see. So just kind of continuing to add to that pitching depth. I, I could see them signing, you know, some starting pitching depth later on as well, if they'd like to. Um, but really, you know, get a third baseman, um, send out Keston, I think. Um, I think those are probably the two next things on the uh, to-do list. I was surprised that, you know, going back to the William Contreras trade, that Keston Hura wasn't sent to Oakland mm-hmm. as part of that thing. You know, just with their need to trade Hura, the fact that there would be plenty of at-bats available for him out there, 
Um, and, you know, maybe they could fix them and maybe that would help balance it out a little bit more, maybe look a little bit better for Oakland in that trade. Um, I was surprised they didn't either have to include Keston or volunteer to include Keston in that trade. Like, okay, we'll give you a Reese, but we'll also throw in Keston Hira. Uh, and we'll get, you know, if the, okay, Matt, if the Brewers had traded Ruiz and Keston Hira and gotten William Contreras and, and Piops and Jaeger and all these guys back, and th- like they had just included Keston Hira in this, would you still be as super thrilled with this package? Because I would be. Oh, 100%. Absolutely would still be happy with that. We were expecting someone else to end up going. So if it ended up being Keston Hira... We were worried it might be like Lauer or something. Right. <laughs> like We were worried it might be someone good. Like, Some random prospect that we were going to be disappointed to lose because that's all we experienced during last year's trade deadline. That's kind of what we're used to at this point. Right. Um, yeah, no, if it had been Hira, someone who we've you know discussed on more than one occasion on this podcast as someone who you know, it is or maybe should be a trade candidate who doesn't, you know, necessarily have as much of a position locked down as some other guys. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have uh, been disappointed by that one bit uh, to get back a catcher of the future and two solid pitchers for two guys who low man on the totem pole in their positions, essentially. Yeah, it, that still would have worked out great. I, I would have had, yeah. uh, I, I would have still rated that trade an A. Yeah, I would, I would go A plus still. You know, just finding a trade partner for him. You know, I think, I think Oakland will be a good landing spot for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe they can get him in a second trade and you know send him for someone else. I don't know. I don't know what Oakland has left. Yeah, but... good point. <laughs> um, all right, one final thing I wanted to ask you, man. Um, okay. So I put up this article earlier on Wednesday here. I'm not sure if you got a chance to read it, um, but don't read it yet, though. Oh. But I want you to read it after because I want to get your reaction without reading the article yet. Oh. But the the question that, that I saw bandied about after the Contreras trade was, does this make the Josh Hader trade look better? Because, I mean, you, you used one of those four pieces in, in Asteri Ruiz and only Asteri Ruiz to get a stud impact bat in William Contreras plus, you know, the two other guys as we've been talking about. So really you traded Hader for Robert Gasser and William Contreras and these guys, which, I mean, it looks much better that way, but does this trade, does the Asteria Ruiz for William Contreras trade make the Hader trade better in your opinion? Um, what, what impact does it have on the legacy of the Josh Hader trade? It, in that sense, yes, it makes it look better. I don't know still that it makes it look good because the trade itself in the year that it happened had such a devastating effect on that season. It it ended up, you know, uh, ending your franchise long playoff streak it ended up having you know players come out to the media um and speak negatively about the front office it did it just did so many negative things at the moment that it's it's still i still look at it as a bad trade now whether or not it ends up um excuse me working out for the brewers in the future isn't you know 
another question entirely, I guess. And it, it, again, I do think it makes it look better. Uh, but it's hard for me still to not say it's a bad trade just because of the way it was approached, the way it had an effect on that season. Um, it, it it had so many negative connotations that came with it that it for Brewers fans, most of them forever will look back at that one and just and and still just not feel good. Um, so I guess that's kind of how I feel. Better, yes. Still not good. That's that's pretty much the same way I was uh, <laughs> feeling it and and what I was saying. Um, and I did not read that article at all, by the way. So yeah, how I phrased it in the article was, it's tantamount to putting lipstick on a pig. <laughs> you know, like it looks better. You know, like you can put lipstick on it, you can put make makeup on the pig, but at the end of the day. It's still a pig. Yeah. You know, like that's that that's what it is. Like, you know, it, it looks better. You know, it looks nice. Like, okay, like you're finally getting the impact player. But with the effect that it had on the team, the effect that it had on the clubhouse uh, and their trust in the front office, um, what it did to the fans and, and their trust in the front office and, and their belief that this team was on the right path. And just, yeah, all those same effects that, that you were just talking about, all those reasons for what it did, the timing of it, what they got back, how it destroyed their chance for a bite at the apple drink mm. um, that season. It's it's still a bad trade. You know, it you know, it, it can look better, but it's lipstick on a pig. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a perfect way of putting it. Um, <clears throat> it we're just we're lucky that we've had a, a solid front office that trade notwithstanding that has kind of, you know, given the reins over to a guy who has been part of that solid front office for years. Um, and they're able to fix mistakes like that. And that's what they were able to do basically is, is fix it now going forward. There might still be some lingering effects. I mean, I, I don't know if uh, uh, Devin Williams will forever be a little bitter towards the front office for them trading away his good buddy and, you know, not speaking to him and the rest of the players in the right way about it. Um, I don't know what other players might still have, you know, kind of some ill will. They're, that was Burns' good... best friend. Or who's? Burns. Corbin Burns. Burns yes. His yeah. best friend. So w- will he want to sign an extension now? Right. Yeah. It's it's hard to say. Please it, do, it Corbin. We still... love you. <laughs> <laughs> it still could affect other parts of the Brewers going forward, um, kind of in, in behind-the-scenes way, more so than just, like, how they were able to fix the talent level on the field ways. Um, but yeah, it looks a little bit better at least at this point. And you know what? That's, that's all we can take at this point. We got to move forward where we've got new seasons to cheer for as fans. So uh, all we can hope is that they make these future seasons better. And this now shifting off that part of the tr- hater trade has made this team exponentially better. Yeah, it's absolutely gotten better. It's brought some excitement back into the fan yes. base, which is great to see, and it's much, much needed. So uh, it's definitely been it's been awesome um, to see him come in, and yeah, it's we're we're still kind of trying to come down from the high of, of that yeah. trade because that was that was insane. Um, seeing the Brewers come out on top like that because in a lot of trades recently, the Brewers had not been coming out on top. Right. Uh, they'd done that before, but especially at the trade deadline and, uh, you know, the Hunter Renfro trade and whatever, it didn't seem like they were coming out ahead. So this one, 
they clearly came out ahead, which was uh, a great sight to see. Um, that'll do it for us this time on the Cold Brew Podcast. We are out of time. We don't want to keep you forever, but I mean, we could talk forever if we wanted to, but uh, you guys might get bored after a while. So we'll cut it here. Uh, we'll continue to talk again uh, next week, uh, potentially with a big time unknown guest or mystery Ooh. guest. Ooh. I, I We know who it might be, but you guys will have to find out. And it is going to be Hopefully, a lot of fun. All right, so that'll do it for us this time. Be sure to, again, check out everything on reviewingbrew.com. All the latest we got going on up there. Lots of great stuff on the site. Uh, We'll see you next time for another episode of the Cold Brew Podcast.